today uh, we're going to continue on in a series that we started called Are You Ready? And we're talking about being prepared for the last of the last days that uh, I believe that we're in. And uh, so let's pray. Can we do that? Can we just go to the Lord in prayer and, and just submit this time to him? Lord, we come to you because we need you. We humble ourselves before you. And uh, Lord, we just worship you and we honor you. And we ask you that you would engage our minds, our hearts, our souls, our lives. And uh, Lord, we need your constant, continuous uh, direction and guidance. And so we ask you for that even now, in this moment, in Jesus' name, amen. So we uh, have been talking about, are you ready? And we've been talking about a, a number of different areas. Uh, last week, I went through a lot of different scriptures that I'm going to go through today. I felt it just in my heart. As a matter of fact, I had a, another message already constructed and was ready to uh, go with it. And I just felt like I was to uh, shift and, and, and move this into place. And so uh, I put this together this week and uh, am ready to uh, really share what's in my heart because I believe there's some things that we're facing in our in our time that we're in some some things that we'll be facing in the future and I want us to be prepared for it and uh, I've entitled today's message last days uh, safeguards last days safeguards and so we're talking about our safeguards to guard us during these last days and things that we're going through and will be going through. And so I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. We're going to start there. It says, But of the day and the hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two will be uh, in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore... For you do not know what hour the Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have been watched, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, and this is where we're here, why, why is that therefore? Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. And so we're talking about being prepared. We're wanting to be ready. And honestly, this ought to be a lifestyle, whether it's the last or the last days or not. We ought to always be prepared. Amen. Thank you for those two amens. And so we ought to always be prepared for what God has, us for, uh, has for us. And so uh, we've been talking about that. And I believe that uh, the Lord's leading and directing this whole series, and he's preparing us for some of the things that we are already facing and things that we'll be facing in the near future. And the, one of the things that I just want to share up front with you in this, uh, the first point that I'm going to give you today in uh, last day's safeguards is that we need to safeguard our faith against uh, being deconstructed. 
our faith being deconstructed. Whether you realize it or recognize it, there are, uh, there are spirits at work in and through people trying to deconstruct our faith. And if the devil can come in and if he can steal our faith, then he's stolen the power of God, he's stolen the ability of God, and really, honestly, the purpose of God in our life. And, uh, and, and if he can't steal it, then he's going uh, uh, to get us distracted. He's going to get us off course. And the Bible says that the cares of this world, the lust of other things, uh, the desires of other things, the lust of, uh, of riches will choke out the word. And so the word can be choked out. And, uh, and, and so the enemy's after your faith. He's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can do that, he will destroy your faith. And he does that by trying to deconstruct your faith. Your faith that you've had built, uh, he wants to come in and he wants to deconstruct that. And so 1 Timothy chapter 4, and again, I'm going to share some of these scriptures if you've been tracking with us. Uh, I'm going to share some of the scriptures that I've shared just recently. And I felt like I needed to go back and expound on some of these areas in, in this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says, In the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Remember that phrase there, doctrines of demons, deceiving spirits. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4, it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who judge who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. So what's our responsibility? Preach the word. We are to preach the word because the word of God, the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And when we are preaching the word and people get hold of the word and we get to know that word, that word will set people free. So we're called to preach the word. Now, the Bible says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now, the Bible's clear here that we are to preach the word, we're to, we're to, we're to, we're to convince, and that's what I'm here doing today. I'm, I'm endeavoring to convince uh, and, and, and possibly even some rebuking and exhorting encouraging you in the word of God. And the Bible says I'm to do that with long suffering. I'm, I'm, I'm to do that with uh, uh, helping you and, and, and being patient with you and helping you to get that and then do it with all teaching. And then the Bible says, why is that? And here's where I want you, here's where, what I want you to see and here's where I'm going. It says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Why is that? But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn the ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do, not, do the work of evangelists, and fulfill your ministry. I want you to get this with me, okay? So we're here, we're living this life, we're Christians, we're believers, we're wanting to love God, we're wanting to follow God. And, and then all of a sudden we get all these different voices that are even sounding Christian. And we're hearing them. And it's like, 
Do I believe this or do I believe that? And that's what it's talking about. There's deceiving spirits. And the thing about some, something that deceives or somebody that's deceived is that they're deceived. And they'll embrace it and they'll begin to walk in that deception. Now, we want to we make sure that we're guarding against that deconstructing of our faith where we're making sure that we're staying in faith, walking in faith, living by faith, what it looks like, how it, how it uh, operates in our life. So here we are, we're walking, we're just doing family, we're doing life, we're doing ministry, we're doing business, you know, we're doing, we're doing our stuff, we're just loving God, getting up, praying, that type of thing, but I'm here to tell you the enemy is also at work. And guess what he's trying to do? He's trying to come in through his any channel or any avenue that he can come in and try to take you and deconstruct the faith that's already at work in you. Yes. See, your faith is at work right now. And whatever faith you have, he's wanting to deconstruct because if he can deconstruct it, he's got you in a place where he wants you and that's to kill, steal, and destroy. Because the enemy hates anything and everything that has to do with God despises God and uh, he, he's foolishness, foolish enough to think that he can even beat God I, I mean the deceiver is the, the most deceived and, and, and so we need to understand that that's the world that we're living in now here on this earth this earth is full of demonic spirits now we don't have to fear it we don't have to as long as we're doing the word and we're being led of the Spirit. That's why we need the Spirit of God inside of us. We need to be in tune with Him and walk in the Spirit, not walk in the flesh. Because when you're walking in the Spirit, you can get deceived. And when you hear the Word and you're not a doer of the Word, the Bible says you deceive your own selves. So we can't just be hearing God's Word and not applying it. And really, what, why, why is it that we don't apply? Is because we continue to walk in the flesh. The flesh will be deceived. That's why you need the Spirit of God's leading in your life because He's the Spirit of truth. He leads us and guides us into all truth. And so we need to make sure that we understand what it means to walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, be led of the Spirit. What the, what the, how, you know, we just need to understand that God and the Spirit, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are one and the same. You, you, you can't separate the two. Okay? So just being morally good is not good enough. You may have a good life, you may be doing good things, but you can still be living in the flesh and be deceived and be buying in to a lot of things that are affecting your faith. And eventually it's going to produce something that you're not going to want in your life. Because when we walk in the flesh, it produces death. Okay, I didn't mean to go here. Didn't go here in the first service, but I'm going here today, right now. But I, I, I'm here to tell you there's, there's demonic spirits at work in this earth trying to deconstruct your faith. Pull you away from the deity of Christ, from who he is in your life, what he wants to do in your life. And if we don't watch it, we can get caught up in it. And the Bible says here that there's going to be a time coming where uh, we're not going to endure, or there's going to, not us, because we're going to be solid in our faith, amen? amen. But there's going to be people that are going to not, not going to endure sound doctrine. They're going to be heaping up for themselves teachers, and it's easy to be it's easy to do that in the day and age that we live in. Yeah. 
When I started walking with God, there was no internet. There was no podcast. There was no all of that stuff. Now you can listen to anybody from anywhere in the world at will, anytime, 24-7. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of voices out there that are contradicting the Word of God. And so we got to be aware, we got to be solid in our faith and don't allow the wrong spirits into our life to help uh, to, to deconstruct the faith that we're actually uh, to live in. Okay? And so there's, there's, there's movements out there that are demonically influenced. There's a, there's, a, there's a movement called progressive Christianity. And maybe some of you have heard it and they, they, present, they, they profess themselves as being Christians. But if you read their, their statements, if you follow what they're saying, they are not, they're not believing in the deity of God. They're not believing in the virgin birth. They're not believing in some of the different uh, doctrinal uh, foundations that we hold as believers. And then there's a, a relative, there's all kinds of things out there. Listen, I'm just giving you a couple of things. Relativism, uh, it has it uh, caused all kinds of confusion in the body of Christ. And it's the idea that all truth is relative. In other words, there is no absolute truth. You might see something one way and you see it another way and it's relative to what you believe. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You could be believing in something that you're deceived about that is totally wrong and contradictory to the Word of God. But progressive uh, Christianity will sink your ship if you start believing in it. I'll just give you one of the things that they, they believe. They believe that... Uh, that they're committed to a path of long life, lifelong learning, believing that there is more value in questioning than in absolutes. And we believe that this word is forever settled in heaven. That it, is, it, it never changes, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? Are you with me? Are you tracking so far? So we, we, we embrace this we embrace this as absolute truth, and we don't stray from it. And uh, no matter what, how many Christian words may be uh, placed in somebody's uh, theology, uh, we embrace this. One of, one of the, th I told you I'd give you one. Let me give you another one. Here's another one. They seek community, uh, this progressive Christianity. They seek, and, and what it is, is what they believe is that it's progressive theology they believe that theology, that we don't have all theology, that there's still more to learn uh, that uh, we can gather. Now, that all the theology is already here. Amen. This is all scripture is inspired by God. Yes. It's God-breathed, amen? amen? And it's written for us. Okay, so we know that. They don't believe that this is all. And we believe in progressive revelation in that we can get in God's word and God continue to reveal what he's saying to us from a particular scripture. And he does that. And one of the things that they believe, they see community that is inclusive of all people honoring differences of theo the, uh, the theological perspectives Age, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, class or ability. 
So there's all kinds of different things that they do believe. It's like, well, we're, 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 in other words, there's more than one way to God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. There's no, way, no other way to the Father but through him. Okay, are you with me so far? So you've got, you and I, we've got to be solid in our faith, and we do that by making sure that we're staying in the word, we're around other believers, that we're always walking with other believers. He who walks with the wise will be wise. So that's why we need to be in small groups, fellowshipping with other Christians, encouraging one another, especially as we see the, his day approaching according to scripture. Okay? We, so I want you to see the spirit behind this. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Little children, it is that last hour, as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Now, different people, same spirit. You with me? Different. Same spirit, different time. So the Antichrist spirit has been around since forever. Or I don't know about forever, but it's been around for a long time. Okay? That Antichrist spirit was first revealed in Adam and Eve. As far as to humanity. That Antichrist spirit came and, and deconstructed uh, their faith. And it'll deconstruct your, your faith and my faith if we allow it. These are the deceiving spirits that are in operation. They're anti-Christ, they're anti-God, they're anti-anything to do with God. In 2 Timothy, or 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and a anti-Christ. Okay, 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. Who is a liar? But he who denies Jesus is the Christ. He is an antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. There's antichrist spirit at work in this earth. And then one more. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out in the world... By this you know that the, the, the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus come, has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard and was coming and is now already in the world. Okay? I just want you to see, I don't want you to be naive. As you're walking forward, I don't want you to be naive. Hey, I'm good, I'm good. But you're very, very casual about getting the Word of God implanted in your heart. James says that we're to implant the, the Word of God in us, the, the very Word that saves our souls. We've got to get it implanted in us. So we safeguard against... Our faith being deconstructed. Secondly, we safeguard against our hearts failing. Our hearts failing. Um, I, I minister to people all the time. 
I've ministered to people over the years, people that have gone through difficulties that their hearts have failed. They've gotten away from God, gotten away from the things of God because of something tragic that's happened in their life. How I many of you ever maybe been there or maybe anybody that's been there and maybe ministered to somebody that's been there? And when you're under, uh, under pressure, when you're under some kind of severe uh, crisis or whatever in your life, then you need to make sure that you have a, an established heart. Uh, your heart can be, uh, your heart can fail, fail you if you allow it to fail you. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. We have the responsibility to guard our hearts, to protect our heart. I mean, like, I, I adore my grandkids. And listen, I would do anything to protect them. I would do anything to protect them. And, uh, and, and, and even as important as they are, and I, I would protect them. Uh, I could not protect them on the level that I need to protect them if my faith is wavering because my heart has sunk. And so you need, to, you need to guard your heart not only for your own benefit but for the benefit of those that you love so that you can stand on their behalf because how many of you know that we are our brother's keeper? Amen. And that we need to be fighting the good, fight, good fight of faith not only in our, for our own life but on the behalf of others. And, and, you know, I don't, I'm not thinking about myself only. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking I need to guard my heart because out of my heart flows the issues of life. The Bible says uh, out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Out of your heart flows rivers of living water. That's where the life flow comes from is out of your spirit. Are you with me so far? And so, uh, so your heart can fail you if you don't watch it. And I don't have time to get into it, but I'm just going to put this out there and you need to go study it out because I just don't have the time. I believe your heart is compiled of your spirit and your soul. Okay? And you can go study it out. And uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 25 through 28, it says, Therefore, did I already read that? No, I haven't. It says, and uh, not therefore, it says, and there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and, and the expectation of the things which are to come or coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, uh, they... Uh, then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things uh, begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So our focus must not be on the, on the tragedies that we see, the, the, the hideousness that we see in our, not only in our nation, but nations and the things that are going on in the world, like what's happened with Hamas and, and killing all these in, innocent people and beheading babies and all of the stuff that's taking place like that. If we don't watch it, we can allow those things to, to affect our hearts in a negative way. True? So we got to guard our hearts. How do we do that? When we see all these things happen, he says, look up. 
your redemption draws near. You keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll help you to run this race that you have here on this earth. So you've got to keep your focus on him in your life in order to do that. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. That word know there is a, comes from the Greek word gnoskos. And uh, it's a very common word that you see, but in this uh, context it, it has the imperative uh, emphasis uh, that it's imperative that you know this. It is a must that you know this. You must know that in the last days perilous times will come. That word perilous there also uh, means, or that word perilous means to uh, means harsh, ruthless, cutting, wounding, hard to bear. Many when, many things dangerous uh, means violent. All kinds of different things like that. By the way, the word. Uh, in uh, where it said Noah and in the days of Noah if you go back in the Old Testament in the days of Noah they, it talked about they were violent or violent days or I think that's how it says it that word violent there if you look up the Hebrew word it, it comes from the root word Hamas and so just want you to know that these are some of the days that we're living in right now let's go James chapter 5 verse 7 it says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. How? Establishing your hearts. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. We must establish our hearts. By the way, let me just take you to one more scripture on this point. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You and I have the responsibility of establishing our hearts. What you treasure, what you value, gets your heart. You know, once again, I love my grandchildren. I value them. They get my heart. I love you guys. You got my heart. With it comes my commitment, comes my, my focus, comes, uh, you know, comes my life. When, you're, when, when, when you value something, your heart follows it. So you need to lead your heart. You tell your heart what it's going to do. You tell your heart, I'm going to value the word of God through my commitment of getting up and reading it. I'm going to value my prayer time. I'm going to value small groups. I'm going to value church. This is a value in my life. And whatever you value gets your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. You lead your heart where you want your heart to go. How do you do that? By what you value. What you value in your life gets your heart. Is that making sense? And the reason that people's hearts uh, are, are failing, the reason why their hearts are failing is because they're misplacing their, 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 they're misplacing their hearts. They're putting their hearts in something that has really no earth, uh, eternal value, just earthly value. Okay? You good? Because I, 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 I need to get to where I'm going. And that's the third area. You need to safeguard your love from growing cold. 
your love from growing cold. I see this happening. A lot of Christians don't see it happening. It's happening. I'm concerned. I love my family. I love my church. I, I love our church family. When I say my family, my church family. I love you guys. But I'm concerned about some of you. You just don't see it. You don't see some of the things that are going on in your life that you, you, are, you have grown, your love has grown cold. And I'm, 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 I told you that I'm to preach the word, I'm to exhort, I'm to, I'm to uh, uh, whatever it said, uh, rebuke, I'm to uh, teach. What was the other one? Convince, convince. And, and that's what I'm trying to do right now, okay? Because there's so many people. See, if you're, if you're growing cold in your love, you're growing in your selfishness in your, in your life. Because the opposite of love is selfishness. And there are too many people that are becoming more self-absorbed than I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's all about them. It's about what they want. It's about what, and, and there's a disregarding. Uh, I was talking to somebody this week. This person just came to mind, not a part of our church. And they were just telling all that they were going to do and all that they wanted to do and, and all their plans. And I'm thinking, I don't see God in it. It's like, where's God in this? None of it was kingdom focused. None of it, none of the life included kingdom impact. Morally good, somewhat. So we've got to watch this, guys. And and we need to come to a point in our life that if God says it, not only does that settle it, that our answer is yes every time. Without question, doesn't matter. I was listening to Andrew Walmick. I was listening to him. He was telling a story. I was listening at the gym this morning. He was telling a story about a guy that, uh, that had come to him, and he says, the Lord told me to go to Karis Bible College. And he said, uh, he says, I, you know, and he, then he began to tell him, but that's where you get in trouble when you include the buts, right? And, but he said, but if I do that, my, my, my family's going to disinherit me and I would lose like a million dollars because they don't want me coming. And there was some other losses. I can't remember what all the losses was. And then when he finally got through explaining to him, he kind of looked at Andrew and said, you know, what do I do? And he, he says, you lost me at God told me. He says, why do you even question it? If God told you, your answer is yes. You do it. doesn't matter what you cost. God knows the overall picture. He knows how to make everything up. But too many people are so engrossed in themselves that they exclude God from the picture. Man, this whole service. Okay. Matthew chapter 24, I need to, I need to hurry. It says, and because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Okay, so 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. How will we know this? Men, for men will be lovers, or humanity will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, 
disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having, no, having a form of godliness but not denying its power of from such people turn away. One more scripture. John chapter 13 verse, and there's a, so much there, just go back and study it up. Uh, John 13 verse 34, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I loved you, that you also love one another. By this, we will know, they uh, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Listen, our love is measured by the lover of all love, the God of love, God who is love. He says, as I loved you, Jesus speaking, you love one another. We have to ask the question, are we truly loving people? Most people are being so flesh ruled that they're not loving on that type of level. Listen, we love people. We love people like crazy. But most people will only love to a measure and they, they draw the line. And Jesus said, they will know that you're my disciples because of your love for one another. Bottom line, he say, he's saying it this way. They're going to know that you're my disciples because you're not living for yourself. Because you're living for me and you're living for others. And not for yourself. I don't know how that translates in your life. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's saying in your life. But I'm going to tell you, there's so many people that are walking in the flesh, and you cannot walk in the flesh and walk in the love of God at the same time. The, the love of God is not of the flesh, it's of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is love. So when you're walking in the Spirit, the manifestation of that is the love of God and by the way, he's talking about us lo loving with the love that's been shed abroad in our hearts. We can't do it in, out of human love. Human love is fickle. It'll marry you one day and divorce you the next. Human love will stab you in the back. They'll, they'll love you one day and stab you in the back the next day. And we're called not to love that kind of love. We're called to love with the love of God. Should I bring this to a close? Because I'm here to tell you, God wants to move us forward, and there is great power in the love of God. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And when you know the love of God, you know his love for you, and you begin to allow that love to live through you, I'm telling you, rock your world. When I get in the presence of God, especially in... It, it, especially when I get in God's presence and I just allow him to saturate my heart, when I allow him to engage my heart, my mind, my soul, my life, I just respond. And I just want to love people. I just want to embrace people. I, want to, I just want to pour my life out in the lives of other people. And when that happens, it shows me, even myself, how much I am being influenced by the flesh in my life. It's like, Lord, help me to get this flesh where it's not controlling my life. So I want to love like you love because you told me to. I don't want to be limited.
Jesus was moved with compassion for those that were hurting. I don't want to be hindered because my flesh is saying, well, that's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. What if? When we start asking the what ifs, that means pride's rising up. It's not about me. We shouldn't even ask what if. It's like, okay, Lord, you want me to do it? Then I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to share with them. I'm going to give to them, whatever the case may be. I hope this helps. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? That's my question as I close this service. I want, to pre- I want us to be well prepared, guarding our lives from our faith being deconstructed, guarding our lives from our hearts failing, and guarding our lives from our love growing cold. And when our love grows cold, we grow more selfish. And we want to make sure that we're not there because that's a, that's a, a, a harmful place where the enemy can come in and he can devour. He's looking whom he may devour. And when you're devoured, you may not recognize this, but I will say this. When you devour something, it isn't like it, it's all gone in one, one, one uh, bite. It's one piece at a time, a little bit at a time. A little bit of your peace will be gone, and then all of your peace and your joy and your, your just a little bit at a time will be eaten away at your life. The Bible says that the devil's looking whom he may. He has to have permission in order for him to do it. We stay steadfast. We have an established heart. We stay steadfast in our faith. We stay in the word. We stay connected. We stay established. We stay rooted. We be doers of the word and not just hearers only. I'm telling you, we're going to soar like eagles. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to run. We're going to accomplish. We're going to, we're going to see great things happen together. Amen.